This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Welcome to another edition of Unlocking Astrology with the one and only Samuel Reynolds. Hashtag Unlock Astrology. That's his actual business, unlockastrology.com. So we just did Gemini. And it's interesting in the comments, there were a few people like, you know, thank you uh, because my sign is the most hated sign. But I think it's the most hated sign now, primarily because of Trump and Kanye. But you, you know, so they were grateful that you are even handed and fair and given the positive. So I want to thank you for that. I was even thinking about, you know, uh, a lot of us look at ourselves through the negative attributes of our sign. We talked about this before, but you are given such a broader perspective and also reminding us we all embody every single sign. So, you know, as we navigate through, before we get into cancer, I wanted to ask you what attributes to, because I remember you saying as a Scorpio, you never felt like a Scorpio based on the attributes. What attributes to the, speaking of Gemini, the polar way in which some people show up, like for example, most people think of the bull as, you know, I'm Taurus and I'm coming, but I know a lot of Taurians that are laid back, passive, weak, and it's shocking to me, you know, um, even on the basketball court, you have like a Tim Duncan, who's real quiet and sasa sway. And then a Kevin Garnett, who's like, you know, uh, not that Tim Duncan's weak. He's one of the greatest players of all time, mm-hmm. but just very subtle. What accounts for the different ways? Because, you know, all of these signs have these forward um, attributes, but within the, the people, I noticed that they can be completely opposite than what you think. Well, one is one's individual makeup that's based on your chart. So your rising sign, you know, that will contribute to it, your moon sign. And then if you're, because we're mainly talking about sun signs here, it may be challenges or even things related to your sun that mitigate it. So for instance, if you're born with a sun-Jupiter conjunction, right? And Jupiter is much more grandiose, um, exuberant, enthusiastic, um, outgoing, and you happen to have that, let's say, um, in Taurus, right? Then you might be a lot more sociable, outgoing, generous Taurus, right? People often associate miserliness somewhat with Taurus as well. So it's like, you don't seem like a a Taurus at all, like bubble. And it's because they're really seeing more of the sun Jupiter. Contacts between planets can scream louder than just the sign they're in. So I think that's one mitigating factor. So for instance, with me, I don't seem like a Scorpio because my son was or is in the part of the chart we call the ninth house, which is a lot more, it seems Sagittarian-like to people, outgoing, sociable, traveling, worldly. I won't, well, yeah, somewhat talkative. I also have a, you know, Jupiter is very prominent in my chart. So Jupiter is the, the ruler of Sagittarius. Um, so because Jupiter is prominent and it colors some measure of my sun in Scorpio, people see that Jupiter and like, nah, you're really a Sag, right? But I'm my son is in Scorpio. So there can be mitigating factors in someone's chart. The other thing, going back to the, the broader sweep of it, is because you know we've gotten more into sinology thanks to memes. So as you said, some people focus more on the negative or just the limited understanding they have of a sign rather than thinking about 
the philosophy, the, the idea behind the sign and then what other people might demonstrate. Like the person who decided to block me on Twitter because he's like, there's no such thing as a shy Leo, right? You know, so he, like, blocked, well, he blocked you? Yeah, he got his feelings. <laughs> oh. Right, mm -hmm. I mean, people on Twitter are funny. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, as I was hilarious, I was just like, you're gonna be upset? Because I, you know, all right, that's fine. Yeah, I I know I I know a shy Leo, mm -hmm. so that's weird. And Jupiter must be in my I don't know what my other signs are or moons or whatever. Did you do my chart? Did... I did your chart. Oh, do I'm I have tell Jupiter? You I don't have any I, Jupiter. No, 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 no. Let me let me tell you. You know, it's interesting. Either I took the heart that you wanted it private, or your ancestors looked out and was like, uh, "Not until she's ready." So I couldn't find it. It's not in my database. I have other people's charts. But yours wow. is gone. Look at that. Like, thank you, ancestors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not until you're like, so no, yeah, I, I looked for it as I was getting back on the show and I was like, all right, let me look at, where is it? And, I, you know, I looked for it, you know, on that computer I was using, others. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm, something's going on. I just yeah, want to say that. So, 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 so it's weird, right? Because spiritually, mm -hmm. um, spiritually, I believe, I believe in otherworldly things. You know, I believe that there are divine interventions, not necessarily that God comes down and does something, but I, I do believe in awakening the angels in your life. I do believe that there's a battle going on spiritually that we can't see, but I don't want my chart read. <laughs> so. No, no, remember, that's my story, right? I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I hated, hated astrology, but I was friendly to numerology, tarot, Every other kind of, not oh. every other, but most oh, yeah. other things. I'm not doing but, any of that, right? But but astrology, I was like, yeah. So it became my thing. All right, let's let's uh, do the cancers who uh, I seem to have a wicked affinity towards for some reason. Well, that's interesting because you know the moon is a sign that rules, or we could say unlocks Cancer, the gatekeeper, the doorkeeper for for Cancer. And the moon has one other place that feels like home to her, like a home away from home. And that is dun, 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 Taurus, right? So she's exalted in Taurus. Oh. So there's an affinity that Cancer will have to Taurus. Um, we say they have a sextile. They both are quote unquote receptive. Some will call that feminine, right? So there's a way in which they can experience comfort because Cancer is a sign that is driven toward achieving more nurturing, comfort, and caretaking, right? And the caretaking is dealing with the aspect of security, both in terms of giving security, um, getting security, um, also dealing with comfort, you know, how we kind of settle into you know, being in our bodies again, rather than just being in our heads and kind of living with the body in relation to our emotions, to what comfort us, what protects us, what keeps us safe. So there's a draw. So Taurus, because I remember you said that you were with a cancer when you were younger in life, right? It may have been at a particular point in your life, you may have wanted to either deal with a caretaker or feel like you needed to take care of somebody yeah, else. I was the caretaker. Right. Right, that and, and, and we we should call, we should talk about cancer men because I have a special um, way in which I talk about cancer men because I, maybe I'll start with that. 
because it's different. Um, and we'll get to this also when we talk to Libra, um, because the the pressures of how we deal with men in our society because of patriarchy, they form differently for people of certain of different signs than others. So cancer is one of those signs where you also can run into the issue. You know, whenever a cancer client, especially a woman comes up to me that who's, you know, het normative comes to me and say like, you know, I, I have a man, he's a cancer, blah, blah, blah. Or I should say, just a client in general, say I have a cancer man. The first question I always ask, where's his mama, right? I ask, where's his mama? Because even if she's not in this world, even if he is somewhat estranged from her, I mean, literally estranged from her, she is going to prefigure largely in his life in some significant way. Facts. Right? Yep. And why that's powerful, because remember what I said, the moon is the sign, the planet that rules cancer. And by virtue of that being the moon representative of the prime nurturer, the mother, the, the materializer, right? Um, there's going to be a certain attachment to that, you know, um, or attachment to the mother for usually for a cancer man. And that can be challenging for a different, a couple different ways, in a couple different ways. One particular way in which it can be challenging is then it can become an attachment, inordinate attachment to family and to the sense of one's people, right? Um, one example of that is we can mention George W. Bush, who's a cancer, which I always found pretty fascinating. By the way, he also has, um, you know, somewhat in his chart, you know, there's some ways in which Sirius also kind of, we were talking about Sirius earlier, ties in. And, Sam, and Sirius is in Cancer, right? It's a, it's a star that's nearest to that constellation, nearest to that sign, I should say. Anyway, what I always found fascinating about him, and this reveals some measure of the Cancerian nature of this country, right? Because we, we honor the birth of this country on July 4th, 1776, when the sun was in cancer. But going back to George Bush, you know, when he was asked, why are we going to Iraq, right? Other than the pretense of weapons of mass destruction, dude said, Saddam tried to kill my daddy, right? Which I was like, cancer, <laughs> right? <laughs> this, is, this is personal, right? Like, I mean, I couldn't believe that he said it out loud and I'm like, oh, this is, this is really personal. And that is often what can also happen with, with cancer. Things are very personal for them. Remember, I told you that each sign is the answer to the one preceding it. So Jim and I became this dialogue between the heart and mind, which is trying to divorce oneself from the quote unquote personal. Whereas cancer is like, yeah, let's bring it back because that was crazy, right? And you sounded crazy kind of going like between these two different things Let's, let's start with the here and now, and, and this baby needs food, and this needs to happen. You know, we have all these ways in which we have to take care of the people in our society, which, or in our culture, and our family, right? Like, I'm going to pick on my girl, Larie. Larie's a cancer, right? It's not a big surprise that she has committed her life in terms of the service to our people, mm -hmm. right? You Larie, know, Larie Daniel favors. Thank you. Yes. Another person we might mention who I believe is also a cancer. People are going to hate him or love him, especially during this particular time of year, Maulana Karenga, right? 
Yeah, so, Kwanzaa, the Kwanzaa yeah. founder. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Kawaida, you know, in terms of us, all these other things associated with them. Also a certain commitment to, to people. So, and then, you know, this, this nation is a cancer nation, right? So what are some of the elements related to this, to the idea of cancer? Well, one is, like I mentioned, comfort, you know, in terms of enjoying some aspects related to, you know, how we have things, food, you know, kind of in terms of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the base levels of it, you know, in terms of food, water, shelter, these are the things. So, you know, and I also think of New York, many people um, look at New York, even though it was founded as a, you know, five boroughs during Capricorn, it's kind of a cancer city because I have to laugh because we have a woman in the harbor who says, give me your tired, your poor, your hungry, yearning to be free, right? That's also cancer, right? People coming home or finding a sense of home and domesticity in, in the sense of that. So the one thing that people attribute to cancer, which I don't think is fair, because I always like to talk about the things I think are unfair, that they're always emotional. That's not always true, right? So cancer, remember what the crab is, right? I mean, cancer is the crab. That's literally the word, right? You might say like, it's also a disease. That's true. But the Greeks also assigned the disease because they had the same attributes as a crab, moving sideways in the body and being hard, right? Mm. That was the significance for it. So because a crab moves sideways. So we think about the motion of, of a crab moving sideways, and then you have some sense of understanding how cancers, sun and cancers, moon and cancers, cancer risings may move. They may not always be direct. That's not always just passive aggressiveness, but also might be shielding their emotions. You know, so they're not, they're gonna share their emotions with the people they value, who make them feel comfortable, who, you know, they kind of, they love or whatever, feel connected to. But they may actually demonstrate more of a wall or kind of greet you more with their intellect first. So for instance, Robin Williams, cancer, right? We were dazzled by his brilliance, by his speed, his quick, like the moon, blah, 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 blah. But the man obviously was tortured inside throughout his life. And it wasn't just as he was facing that disease, um, but also in terms of things that roiled in him. So sometimes cancers can't help but express some measure of their emotions, even unintentionally. So it's not just about an emotional reaction to you. You know, like they, many of them don't always have solid poker faces, even though they may not be sharing their emotions about you or the thing that's happening. One of the things I love to kind of show or, or demonstrate is that you kind of go to greet your cancer friend and they kind of like, you know, make a face as you're approaching. And you're like, what? Some, you don't want to see me? No, no, my bra's too tight, right? <laughs> so it's not about you. No. It's, it's sometimes about what's roiling within them and the things that they're dealing with and other problems that they're having. But they are dealing with their emotions and often cancers, because they're doing the work related to their emotions, they often have high emotional intelligence. So even though they, you know, they figure out some things that doesn't mean then that they're not still roiled by them. Um, so I think this emotionalism that people attribute, like they're gonna cry at the drop of a hat, it depends on where you catch that cancer. You know, if they're at a party and people are laughing at them or something has happened, you know, they may like, you know, laugh it off or blah, 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 and then come home and cry about it. 
<laughs> like this is the worst thing, blah, blah, blah. So the, the, because they have to have that heart and shell. Similarly, let's think, you know, look at this country. Just, Let me just take, say this last point and I wanna definitely get into that. Um, so this country, I think in a lot of ways, you know, really relays that, you know, in terms of its high emotionalism, you know, it's triggered by nearly everything. It's built up perhaps one of the, if not the most militarized um, country in the, in the world, right? In terms of having bases all over the world and it's separated by two oceans. Like, why do you need that level of nuclear weapons and a military where you have like two oceans that separate you from almost anyone that can invade you? That can be the protective nature of cancer. It's again, going back to Bush, he developed, you know, the Department of Homeland Security, right? Which again is another laughable thing related to cancer. You know, there's some ways in which they can be overprotective of themselves, of others, rather than trusting that they can greet the world and, and take care of the world. Um, they're like their polarity, Capricorn. Both are concerned with responsibility and taking care of things, but from a different order. But anyway, you were about to ask a question. No, I was just, you know, my experience is that cancers, um, I, I call it duplicity, mm -hmm. but they hold on to things, right? So, you know, you, you could have an argument today, maybe three years from now, that thing will come back and you're like, uh, I thought we settled that. Yeah, because it's a sign of water. So there's something significant that I probably should have started off with because I mean, we're just flowing, but you know, cancer is now the next round of cardinal signs that begin, you know, in tropical astrology, it begins seasons. So cancer is the beginning of summer. And so it starts off summer. So it's an initiating sign. And people say like, but they always seem so laid back. Well they're a receptive sign, they're a water sign, they're not like Aries. So they're gonna respond quickly when threatened. You know, like one of the stories I love to tell most recently we saw is, you know, we, we know the story of that man who was jogging or yeah, running through a Utah park recently or, you know, reserve, nature reserve or preserve. And he was being chased by a cougar, right? You know, so that was the story that broke and like, oh, you know, but the part that didn't get reported until maybe the next day is that cougar was escorting him away from her babies. That's right. Right. That's cancer. Kind of like, listen, you know, you threaten mine. You're going to have this mama bear. You're going to have problems. So it does have some measure of that initiatory sensibility, but it responds. The other part of that, it's a water sign. So just think about the nature of water, water. One thing that water does it, Yes, it flows, it changes, it's changeable, right? But it also preserves. So you're like, oh, that sounds cool. So it remembers, right? So Marcel Proust, right? Who wrote of things remembered past, right? Um, you know, this voluminous book um, on things that happened to him in his life. <laughs> he was a cancer, right? So, um, you know, I, you know, a book that I know you published Black Lotus, right, by Sylvia Abrams in terms of when I read that and I looked at, you know, the details she remembered, you know, and I'm like, I didn't remember all this stuff. Cancer, right? So the positive aspects of cancer is the long memory. But the problem that can happen when you have a long memory, an ironclad memory, is then that it's hard for you to forget 
and hard for you to forgive, mm. right? Because the memories are always living out for you, right? They're always there. They're always kind of surfacing more. We're um, going we're gonna to get into relationships uh, at another round, you know, but if you're in a relationship with somebody who never forgets and may never forgive, how do you navigate that? Short answer, I don't know, right? Um, because then that doesn't really allow for a full relationship, right? Um, I so that, think- So that cancer has to be, and I, and I say this about everyone, whatever your proclivities are, whatever your, you know, your, your sign says personality-wise, it's up to you to do the work, to, to un, undo, like, you know, Torians are stubborn. So I, I'm as flexible as I possibly, I'm mindful. Right. And I direct people, please challenge me because I don't want to be so rigid that I break. I need to be able to bend. I know that that's a flaw. I know that I overindulge. Like I have, you know, so I have to put in accountability folk in my life to make sure that I'm not overindulging, especially in food, because I love it. <laughs> but, you know, so- So do they. So, hey, who doesn't love- who doesn't love good? Oh, yes, they do. Um, so people have to work on the things that they know. So if you know that you are unforgiving, then perhaps that that is a, uh, you know, to go seek a fix for that, right? Yeah, I mean, that part of caretaking is being able to also let go um, and that it doesn't reflect on you as a bad person. You know, um, going back to what I was talking about, um, you know, with, with cancer men, it's also making allowance for how you build family rather than just being beholden to your family. One of the things to know about cancer, remember the sign that comes after cancer is Leo, because you can become so attentive and bonded to a collective or a group that you don't necessarily mature as an individual, right? Which is the next step with Leo is kind of when you kind of the real throne for Leo I'm skipping ahead but the real throne for Leo is a dimension of self right mm -hmm. to rule self not necessarily to rule others but what happens with cancer the preceding sign is that there can be such a a conception tied into you know the idea of the, of the collective of of the of the mother of, a, of home all these other things that you don't fully become your own person this often can also become the son, the daughter that never leaves home and then resents, you know, the child that does, the sibling that does, right? You know, like I'm holding the fort. For what? <laughs> fly, well, I mean, it doesn't mean it's not, it doesn't have an importance. It, 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 it can, but you know, why are you holding the fort? Did you hold the fort because that you felt that in your heart or you felt that that was the thing that you had to do? You know, so it's good for cancers in terms of cultivating that emotional intelligence, which relates to also an intellectual intelligence. Why are you doing the things that you're doing rather than just doing them because like you should or because that's what family is about and that's what, you know, this nation is about. You know, one of the, the challenges for America is that it prides itself on a nation before it really has taken stock and appreciation for its citizens. And that's mm -hmm. always been true. And she hasn't matured. No. She's still a petulant child. But, but true to form related to the moon, prodigious, right? Mm. She was a prodigious child. 
Yes. Prodigious child who was able to do things that many in the world had not done, but it does it doesn't fully understand the nature of its of its value of what it has to take care of. Robin Williams, George W. Bush, give us some some characters. I, I like Lena, Robin Williams. Give us some. Oh, Neil. No, oh, Lena so, Horn. No, Lena Horn. Okay. Yeah. Um, Lena like, give Horn. us some. Give us some black cancers that <laughs> famous. Well, Lena Horn. Uh, there is one, uh, Bill Cosby. Yeah, so we had, you know, that with him, you know, as, uh, you know, acknowledging. Wait, wait, wait. So let's pause for a second, because let's I think, go. you know, history, history should paint people as complicated. You know, if there's a That's Roman, correct. Uh, right. you know, there's a Roman Polanski who I actually is, you know, I put Leo. in a different mm -hmm. category <laughs> and a Woody Allen who I put in a different category and they're still celebrated Oscar award winning. You Absolutely. Know, still, You're still right. Looked upon. Bill Cosby contributed to maybe two generations of greatness. So you know, here's, so, yeah. You know, so I'm not going to, and we're not even talking about Fat Albert. You know, we're talking about the Cosby show in a different world, bringing in Alvin Poussin, making sure that there was jazz and art and culture and everything, you know, uplifting black people at every turn. At the so, same time, he was a molester or right. a person that, you know, a rapist. Of women. Yeah. Yes. Um, so let's talk about Bill Cosby for a second related to that. I mean, like, what was he known as? America's dad. Father, yeah. Right. So, and the thing that he talked about, and then I think largely expressed to be most passionate about were children and to take care of them and to be mindful related to them. Um, I would say De David Allen Greer is another notable mm -hmm. black cancer. Black cancer. <laughs> right. Um, but one thing that's interesting about, you know, these, these cancer is that I think in many ways they they make formidable actors um, in terms of like the moon, what we project onto them. You know, that's true with Bill Cosby. You know, for those who aren't familiar with Lena Horne, this was true for Lena Horne and what we we foisted on her, you know, in terms of the malleability that she had. Perhaps, you know, one of the hardest working actors. Um, and changeable actors is Tom Hanks, Cancer. Oh. Meryl Streep, Cancer. Wow. wow. Forrest Whitaker. Now, Forrest Whitaker, you know, especially just seeing him, you know, in Jingle Jangle. Um, oh, my God. That was on good. Netflix. You saw it? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, I'm rooting for everything that's Black, just so you know. Right. Yeah, me too. Um, seeing him, you know, there... You know, you think about his career going from the crying game. I mean, it, was, it didn't start with that, right. to the way of the samurai, but all these things. You know, he has, you know, a face, you know, that is, you know, malleable, seems sad, blah, 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 whatever. But he's been a working actor, like, you know, for 30 years. You know, he has this ability to take on you know, these different dimensions of being. Same thing was true for, you know, Robin Williams and not denying his, his ability. There's a certain malleability, a way to kind of absorb, you know, our projections and then at the same time transmute them and project them out that I see in cancer. Because, because mm -hmm. water's not blue. <laughs> right. right. 
It's a reflection. Water is not blue. Yeah. That's a great phrase. I like that. Thank you, Karen. Water is not blue. It's what I do. Right. It's what I do. Right. right. And then also, last thing, I mean, you yeah. know, what's funny, you know, thinking about Lena Horne, if anyone has seen The Wiz, which I hope all of y'all have seen The Wiz, right? You know, what does she get the Aries to do, Diana Ross, in the movie at least? Um, you know, is get her to sing home, right? So. Wow. Wow. Do you think they, you know, and let me ask you this, because uh, we are talking before we got on this, you know, there's like divine and I should change my name from Professor Hunter. This is the space that I use when I teach. So y'all, y'all can just get with that. Um, do you think that there's like a divine order to things like, you know, I don't think a director or a producer sitting there saying we're going to make Lena Horn the witch that brings it all home because cancers, you know, it's like, is it a coincidence or is there an energy that spiritually is tapped into when these things are, are put together? Um, I could say the short answer divine, but the longer answer I might say, because, you know, my partner and I, we we looked at we look at you know films and we look up you know actors you know who play them, you know, there are um, actors will play out their charts often, and so they will manifest in a in a particular way, you know. Like I can't, I'm blanking on the name, but um, Harry Potter is a Leo. Oh, Daniel, but the Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe is also a Leo, right? Now, it's not always the same sun sign. There's some dimensions that you may see where they play out particular characters because that's who they are, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they'll, you know, actors are always lending parts of themselves and discovering different parts of themselves to kind of then put into the character, you know? Um, so, for instance, one interesting character, I talked about Gemini last time, and I talked about Arthur Conan Doyle's creation, Sherlock Holmes. So one of the more popular um, Sherlock Holmes has been Benedict, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock Holmes, yep. who Benedict is a cancer, right? So he played him in a very Cancerian way, right? You know, like sidestepping more so, more scenes, a lot of the scenes were set at home, um, and he was very emotional, but again, playing that cancer game, I'm not going to let you see my emotions. He had the shell. Uh, whereas you look at, just to give you a different contrast, you look at elementary, elementary's, um, Sherlock Holmes, um, and he's a Scorpio, right? With a moon in Pisces and I'm blanking on his name, um, but if y'all remember him, you know, you'll say it, but he plays a different kind of uh, Sherlock Holmes, you know, much more aggressive, edgier, you know, um, much more into like, you know, in a different sensibility, has an addiction, a strong, I mean, they play more on the addiction issue in, in that, that elementary. Johnny, so John, John, Jonathan Lee Miller. Johnny Lee Miller, thank you. So, yeah. You know, you, you can play these characters in different ways, but it's going to really be hooked into your chart. And it does depend on, you know, the bandwidth of, of the actor. And I do find that it's interesting, some of our most notable actors or even steadily working actors who we project so much on um, are cancers. Tom Cruise, Running Man. 
Now, I have to look, look at this chart again and figure out why is that man running in every film? But, you know, he has had a span to his career, you know, and, and malleability related to that. And, and he makes, he's an Oscar winning uh, kingmaker, meaning mm -hmm. people who act against him or with him usually come away with the accolades. Mm -hmm. And that, that's part of that nurturing thing. Give me three great things about cancers as we close this out. The three greatest attributes. Their emotional intelligence, um, the, the, the willing, and then related to that emotional intelligence is a pursuit toward emotional truth their respect for the idea of home, you know, and wanting to make a sense of home. Um, and then what's useful, you know, especially when you want to kind of dive into, you know, walk along memory lane, their ability to remember things. You know, my moon and cancer friend um, will surface things that I have long forgotten. You remember that? person blah 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 you know in bed style you used to do this like no <laughs> but yeah this is oh right or if you want to remember a particular detail you know call up a cancer no you were wearing a blue dress right oh okay so I think that's also something I I enjoy about them good to know because my memory sucks so I, that's probably why I keep a bunch of cancers around me mm -hmm. but it's not it's not my fault though they they are drawn literally drawn like I, I'm not seeking well yeah I mean that's another thing too that we'll just round up you know you know speaking of mysteries you're right they're drawn to you but at the same time you may be indirectly unconsciously drawing them like so for me I don't go looking for Sagittarians they find me right they keep finding me right you know or Sag influence people you know and at one particular point they were not my favorite sign. They were my least favorite sign, right? But the more that I came to make peace with what was the least favorite thing about them, and the more that they came into my orbit, the more I, you know, didn't mind that. And that was okay. Also, you know, it comes in cycles. It's going to be like Leos, you know, who, who start to come or Aquarians. So know, it's so. really about you and maybe something that you need that you're drawing to yourself, mm -hmm. but also maybe the reflection is for you to also, it comes back to you figuring out the things you need to be better at or That's do correct. better. So um, I'm going to take that. Um, I wrote down these notes. So thank you. For Alhamdulillah. All right. Listen, um, I appreciate you. Uh, thank you. Next up, we're going to talk about Leo. Leo. <laughs> the lion. Yes. Let's talk about that. Thank you, Sam. And fo folks, you can follow him at SF Reynolds on Twitter. Also, unlockastrology.com. I'm going to put it all in the description. Hit the like button. Definitely follow him as well. And I thank you for being here today. Thank you. Thank you.